Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, has the Lord ever done anything for you at all? Has he ever done anything for you? Hallelujah. Has he ever healed your body? Come on. Just made a way where it looked like there was no way. Anybody ever found him to be faithful? He said, I'll never leave you, forsake you. How many people can say amen to that? We've walked through some places. We may feel like Paul. My first answer, all men forsook me, but the Lord didn't. The Lord won't leave you. He said, I'll stick so close to you. He said, listen, even a mother could forget her nursing child, he said, but I will not forget you. Oh, if you could ever understand how precious you are to the Lord. Despite your hang-ups, your habits, your flaws, the things, your mess-ups and mistakes, if you could just see how he is constantly reaching. The Bible says his compassions fail not. Hallelujah. Oh, you know what the Bible says about compassion? It makes a difference. God's always just trying to make a difference in your life. He wants things to be better. He wants it to be different. Come on. He wants you to overcome. He wants you to come out. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to be filled. He wants you. He knows he'll see you weep, but he wants to see you dance. He knows that you're going to mourn, but he wants to see you rejoice. Friend, let me tell you, there's something about the Lord. The joy that he gives us is joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's, it's something that uh, you can dance with tears running down your face. You can rejoice, praise him, knowing that he knows everything there is about you. That's enough to make you want to bury your head and hide. You know, when we get that light shined on us, sometimes people have shame. They'll, they drop their head. They want to cover themselves. Nobody to see them, but God already sees that. But the Bible tells me he's the lifter up of my head. God doesn't want you walking around with your head down all the time. He's not okay in any kind of wrong or sin. He's just saying, listen, it don't have to stay like that. I can make it where you don't have to walk around with your head down all the time. You don't have to be ashamed. There's no condemnation to them that are in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things are made new. And, and we have confidence that if we do disappoint him or make a mistake after we come to him that He's faithful to forgive us if we confess our faults. God is not trying to throw us away. He is trying to save us. Despite our best efforts, God is trying to save us. You hear what I'm saying today? Oh, we kick and pull. He told Saul before he was Paul, he said, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. But what we do, we go against everything sometimes and just trying to be our own person, go our own way, do our own thing. And the Lord's saying, man, if you'll just turn to me, if you'll just turn to me, if you'll just ask for this living water, oh, God's got what you need today. Hallelujah.
I'm glad he can turn it around and he can, he can make uh, graves in the gardens. The Lord said of himself in Ezekiel that he was the builder of the wasted places, the ruined cities. He said he could make them again even to be like the Garden of Eden. That's how good a work he does. Well, the Lord said also, I'm the same, I change not. If he could ever do that, he can still do that. So whatever you're dealing with today, whatever you're feeling is out of your control and unfixable by you, it's never unfixable by God. It's not, it's not unforgivable. Hello? And you might be a lot of things, but let me tell you, you are not unlovable. Yeah, tell your neighbor, hey, you're not unlovable. Hey, you might be in a big mess. You might be going through all kinds of things. You might have made some terrible mistakes. And you may feel unworthy. You may even feel unaccepted. But let me tell you, you will never be unlovable. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And you can't do nothing about it. <laughs> you can't do nothing about it. Well, he's good, amen. Give him another hand clap and shout of praise. What a great God. What a great God. You know, sometimes a message just kind of finds its way into your hand. That's what happened with this message. I was over here yesterday praying, getting ready and for things and just, Lord, what do you want me to say? And I was actually completely doing something else, looking for a piece of paperwork for the accountant. And I saw some notes from this old message. And I said, man, what's that doing here? It's supposed to be filed away. And I said, I better hold on to this. And I don't feel like this was by accident that I found it. And I'm not going to re-preach that old message, but the Lord was directing me to this place. Before I got home, and even after I got home about five different times, there were just things that came right to me. Confirmation, confirmation. This was the message for today. And so, uh, let's see what happens. Amen. I talked in the first service about how the word won't return void. It's going to accomplish what it set out to do. So, if you're here today, I know we've got somebody to baptize today and a lot of great, beautiful young people over there. Come to see him, I guess. We love it. Glad they're here. But if you think the only reason you came today was to see him get baptized, you don't know how Lord, the Lord works sometimes. <laughs> He's going to orchestrate some things to get people where they can hear something that will help them. Right. Hey, I, we all need help, amen. Right. We need help in these last days so our faith will stay strong so we can make it through so we'll know what to do. Praise God. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn quickly, I, I, know I'm, I don't want to ramble and get uh, too busy with that, but just want to say again how much I love you. Appreciate you being in the house of the Lord today. The book of Ruth in chapter 1 in verses 14 through 22. I'll read quickly. A uh, little background on Ruth and the, the people we're about to see here. Uh, Ruth, her sister-in-law, Orpha, and her mother 
mother-in-law, Naomi, have all lost their spouses. Naomi has lost her husband and both their sons. The two daughter-in-laws have lost their husbands. They're all at a loss. Naomi's ready to go back to her homeland, out of the land of Moab, back to Bethlehem. And so she is trying to persuade her daughter-in-laws to go back to their land. It says, they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave to her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and her gods. Return after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. And thy people shall be my people. And thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me. And more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she is stead, or steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. So they two went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem, all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. I want to preach for a little while on this thought. Loss and found. It's not a typo. I know you're thinking, lost and found. No, it's not a typo. They asked me this morning when they were getting ready to put it in, didn't you mean lost and found? No, I meant lost and found. Let's pray for the message today. Jesus, we love you so much and are thankful for your words, thankful for your help, Lord, in time of trouble, that you're a very present help, Lord. Comfort us today with these words. Instruct us, Lord. Encourage us. Let us be changed forever. God, we love you today. We praise you today. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord another hand clap and shout of praise before you're seated. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the Lord today? Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. Thank you again for being here. Lost and found. I have learned uh, in this time of serving the Lord since now, since 19... 93, that it takes some loss for me to be able to find what I need to be doing for God. I truly never found, have found out what God wanted until I lost some things. Loss is not always negative. Well, you ever lost any weight? Clothes fit better. You feel better. You got more confidence. You don't look in the mirror and shake like you did before. You're like, hey, I feel pretty good. I, I got some confidence. I, I, I feel better. I got, you know, my clothes fit better. I, I look a lot better. I, you know, everything's better because I lost of this weight loss that I have experienced. Often loss is necessary. There are some things that we should lose in this life. The Bible said for me to lay aside the weight. 
There's some things I should lose in this life. I need to experience some kind of loss so that I can run with patience the race that is set before me. Uh, Paul, in Philippians 3, 7 and 8 said, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Uh, There is just a statement here that we need to realize that, you know, if I am going to fully experience the Lord as he wants me to, there is going to be some loss of things in my life. Now, there are some things that uh, we lose that we think, I don't know why I had to lose that. I don't know why that mattered. But I'm telling you that there's never a loss in a child of God's life that somehow it's not going to benefit. Somehow it's not going to be a blessing. Somehow it's going to be seen as something great. He said, what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ." And then he said, yea, doubtless, and I count all things. Remember that little phrase, all things. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and I do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him. We are going to have some losses in this life. I was... Uh, I said this earlier, loss doesn't have to be negative, and often it is necessary. A friend of mine, a, a, a preacher friend of mine, a, a, actually a, a backslidden preacher friend of mine that uh, was very instrumental in me being where I am today. He prayed with me more hours than I can count in the altar. But he posted something on his Facebook page yesterday, and I told him, I said, I'm going to quote you tomorrow in my message. And... Uh, he said, he, quote, he posted this, and it went right along with what we're saying. Accept losses. Accept them. Accept losses. Never accept defeat. With losses, there can be restructuring as you move forward. But defeat can be terminal. I need to understand, and you need to understand, and we need to understand as a body that just because we have lost something, I've said this many times, a loss of things is never, does never mean a loss of purpose. Sometimes we will lose things in this life, but it does not change who we are to God. I made mention of uh, Nona Freeman earlier uh, today in a, a message, and her and her husband were called uh, to be missionaries to Africa, and they were called together. Both had that call in their life, and while they were uh, in the missions field, while they were working and laboring for the Lord, her husband she passed away. She lost her husband, but she kept on. She stayed. She kept on, and even after she uh, came back from the missions field, she was still uh, active in her ministry, and you know, she was a speaker and a prayer warrior and wrote books and just such an incredible lady to inspire so many people. I never met her personally. Uh, I've only heard and seen uh, the testimony of this woman, but she could have stopped with her loss. But even after that loss, she found she still had purpose. She still had something to do for God. And, and I want you to know that sometimes we just have to accept that there will be losses in our life. We love the story of Job, but what did Job say? The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There will be losses in our life, but that did not change who Job was to God. And uh, so we, we need to make sure that we understand that uh, we may have to suffer the loss of even 
All things, as Paul said. I have suffered the loss of all things. Then he said again in Philippians, the one we love to quote, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. All things. And I was reading this this morning, and I realized I didn't even catch it until I wrote this down, that Paul mentioned all things again. And I realized that before I can do all things, I may have to first suffer the loss of all things. Hello. Sometimes we're struggling. Why can't I do all things? Maybe we haven't suffered the loss of all things. All the things that have held us back, all the things that we're holding on to, all the things that we won't let go and let God have. We're trying to keep some of the things that he wants to take from us. But honey, when he comes to get you, when you when you fall down on your knees to pray and search him and seek him out, he wants you to give up all things. Lay aside all things. Got to get rid of all things before you can do all things. Everybody loves to say, I can do all things through Christ. Yet they struggle because they have not suffered the loss of all things. God knows what you have need of and even our loss can have eternal purpose if we'll see it. The words that Paul has written in these letters to the church, some of it has changed people's lives and saved them forever. Eternal impact on their soul through the letters that he wrote, through what he did. But it never would have happened without the loss of all things that he might win Christ. And then he said, and be found in him. He lost so he could be found. He lost all things so he could be found in him. Oh, there's a lot of people talk about him, but I want to be found in him. I want my life to be hid in him. I want to be in him. I want to be in Christ a new creature. I don't want to just talk about him. I don't want him to just be a subject of conversation, but I want to be found in him. I want it to be so uh, so connected so with him that if you find him, you find me. <laughs> yeah. So I say well, when you find, I find you, I should find him, right? Well, it's both ways. If you can find Jesus, I ought to be somewhere close by. I want to be found in him. I want to be found preaching the word. I want to be found loving people the way God did. I want to be found telling people, listen, you're going to make it. You're going to be all right. There is an answer. There's a way to get out of this. There's a way to be healed. There's a way to be delivered. I want to be found having compassion on some making a difference. I want to be found sometimes pulling them out of the fire. Whatever it takes, I just want to be found in him but I will never be found in Jesus. I may be found talking about him. I might be found in a church house. I may be found at a revival or a conference, but I'll never be found in him unless I suffer the loss of all things. Oh, well, I know it's kind of quiet today. Listen, God's got a purpose for your life but you're going to be frustrated and aggravated as long as you keep holding on to the past. There's some things that God wants you to lay down and, and whether it's your flesh, whether it's just you don't understand or what, but as long as you hold on to it, you're going to be frustrated. You've got to believe that God forgave you. You've got to be, 
but sure that God cleansed you and washed you, and you've got to believe that God can take you further. You've got to let go of what's familiar, what you've always known, what you've always done, and let God lead you into a new place. Paul preaching Jesus was very new. Paul preached against Jesus. He persecuted those that loved Jesus. Him preaching Jesus and proving Jesus was brand new territory. And he'd never got there without the loss of all things. And we wouldn't be reading from Romans and wouldn't be reading from Corinthians and Philippians if it had not been for Paul and the loss of all things. Romans 8 and 28, Paul wrote about all things again. Did I give you that scripture, Romans 8 and 28? If I didn't, we know it. For we know that all things work together for good. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his, or the called according to his purpose. So whether uh, all, th- all things, whether it's the loss of all things or whether it's me doing all things, it always works for my good. All things. All things. Paul has some understanding about what it was to lose some things. He lost all things when he came to God. His reputation, what he was to Israel, who, what he thought. His, his whole way of life was turned upside down and the people that cheered him on for persecuting the church of Jesus was now trying to kill him. But he still loved his people. He still loved the Lord. He still loved his church. But he lost some things so he could be found in Jesus. Well, let's just see what Jesus said about it. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 25, Jesus makes a statement more than once in chapter 10 as well. But he said, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. You're never going to find. I don't care. There's, there's no new theology that can prove it biblically. You will never find out who you're supposed to be for Jesus until you lose your life. You can't keep part of your old nature and do what you need to do for Jesus. Hello. It's going to take the loss of some things. We're going to have to lay some things down. That's why there's an altar. That's why we preach repentance and remission of sins. That's why uh, Paul could write in such worse, some of you, but he said, now you're washed, you're sanctified, and you're justified. Some things changed when you came to him. There has to be a, a letting go of the past, letting go of old habits, old ways, old things. You've got to make a decision that I want to serve him and lose those things. We always think, well, loss is only, it's always losing something good. No, sometimes we lose the bad stuff. Yeah, lose the bad stuff. Lose the things that are not like God. The Lord said, be holy for I am holy. Be like me, lose some things. But I can't be holy hanging on to the world. And I can't be holy hanging on to old habits. Come on. The only way to be holy is to be like him. I'm going to have to lose some things. Or why would I have to even be born again? If I could just stay the same man and never lose anything. And so we turn back to Ruth and her mother-in-law and we realize that these two ladies have a great deal in common and it can be summed up in one word, loss. But it had to happen. They had to lose to be where Jesus wanted them to be. 
They had to. If Naomi never loses her husband, she's never going to go back to Bethlehem. If Ruth never loses her husband, she's not going to go with Naomi. God knows what you lost, but he knows what he's going to do with you. What you lost and what he's going to do, let me tell you, it's going to have some eternal purpose. Let me ask you this, since you've come to the Lord, would you be where you are today if that something, if that one thing that held you back was still in your life? When we all come to the Lord, you know, we, we talk about, I need to lay it all down, but sometimes we hold on to something. Sometimes we're not so quick to just lay it all down. But where would we be today? Would we be in this house serving God today? Would we be where we are today if we were still holding on to that one thing? If we didn't suffer the loss of some things? Let me tell you, you're not going to lose something that God's not going to give it back in a better fashion. You say, well, now I'm just empty. No, you won't be empty with him. He's going to put something. That's why he told that woman, he said, you keep coming to this well, you're going to drink, you're going to get dry, you're going to get empty every day. But if you'll take this living water, you'll never thirst again. I'll cure that thirst for the things of this world, for the passion of this world. You're going to lose this lifestyle and you're going to find a better life with me. Hey, this is how it works. This is the way he does it. Sometimes we are put in these areas and seasons of discomfort so we'll seek the God of all comfort. Sometimes we are put in these seasons of loss so we'll seek Jehovah Jireh, our provider. God's trying to get us into a place somewhere. And so remember before you can do all things, you may have to suffer the loss of all things. You have to... uh, Lose your way of thinking sometimes. Sometimes you got to lose that attitude. Yeah. Sometimes you got to lose that opinion. Yeah. And you got to stick to what the Word of God says. We've got to let God have His way in our life. And in the middle of all this loss, we see two sisters. I guess you would say they were they were sister-in-law, but most of the time they claim sisters. So but sisters-in-laws and Orpha and Ruth have the same opportunity to stay with Naomi. They've got the same chance to stay with this woman and go with her. But it says Orpha, she wept with them, she cried with them, and she hugged them. And, but then she kissed Naomi, and she went her way. But Ruth clave to her. You can cleave or you can leave. Victor Jackson said this. saw a post yesterday. The same events that cause people to leave God are the same events that cause people to cleave to God. Pain and hurt and failure can make you leave or cleave. It just depends on who or what you are dedicated to. Ruth, you can leave or you can cleave. Let me tell you. Orpha kissed her mother-in-law and went on her way. 
and you never see anything else about her again. But if you want to read about Ruth, who claved to Naomi, you can go to Matthew chapter 1 and start reading in that genealogy. You can, you can go to the end of this book and start reading in that genealogy how that Ruth ends up marrying Boaz and they have Obed and then who has Jesse, who has David, who is the king. And if you go to Matthew, the first chapter, and keep reading, you'll find that it runs all the way to Jesus. She lost, she suffered loss. Naomi suffered loss, but it had to happen because if they don't lose who they've got there, they'll never be who God intended them to be. They'd stayed in Moab. They'd stayed where they were. Oh, why is it that we look at what we've lost? Loss can make us despise ourselves, lose our faith, walk away. Naomi said, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. God's dealt very bitterly with me. I've lost a lot of things. And that's the way we look at loss. It must be the hand of God against me. And yet that loss was all a plan of God. It was a plan of, hey, marriage is a plan of God. And Ruth got married. There wasn't no children, wasn't nothing. She got married so she could be with Naomi. Her husband was just a stepping stone to Boaz. He said, well, God do that. God will do what he's got to do. You may be surprised what God might do to get you where he wants you to be. If we're good enough to listen, if we're good enough to hear it, oh, we'll never be found in him till we experience some loss. Loss is painful. Oh, they cried over it. They wept over it. Promises gone. They, I'm sure when she married her husband, she thought, well, we're going to have kids. We're going to have a family and we're going to uh, do great things. But then he was gone. And now her mother-in-law's talking about leaving. And she's like, uh-uh. Wherever you go, I go. I'm staying with you. Don't you let your circumstances cause you to walk away from God. Don't let what happened to you, don't let that loss cause you to question where God has put you. He put Ruth with Naomi and she knew it. She said, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. The best thing that ever happened to Ruth was to be the daughter-in-law to Naomi. She had no idea that she was fixed to be put in the lineage of Jesus. There's some things we need to cleave to, and then there's some things we need to leave. But let me tell you, you don't never leave the house of the Lord. You don't leave your God. You don't leave your faith. You don't leave the church. You don't leave what got you where you are. Cleave to those things. I don't want to just uh, be affectionate and, and kiss the Lord. Judas kissed the Lord but he didn't cleave to the Lord. What a sad ending he had. I wonder what happened to Orpha. It looks like, and I can't prove it through Scripture, so this you'll have to give me a little leeway here, but I do know that Ruth was married to Malhan, which I believe was the youngest son, just because of the way they reckon his name at the end when Boaz purchases his inheritance because he lists his father, then he lists Chilion, which would have been Orpha's husband. So she would have been married to the oldest son. 
What if Orpha would have stayed with them? Well, she'd have been married to Boaz because the birthright goes to the oldest. Oh, we miss out so many times when we run away from God. If Orpha had just went on and went with Naomi as well, Ruth could have been blessed. She might have found somebody there too, but it would have been Orpha that was the great-grandmama to David because Boaz would have married her. But Orpha went her way. So the only one left was Ruth, the youngest brother's bride. And so he purchased her along with his possession. I don't want to sit around and think about what could have been because I walked away from God because I didn't understand that just because I have lost some things, I have not lost my purpose. I have lost my calling. The loss of things does not remove us from the plan of God. It often aligns us more closely with the plan of God. It gets us into a position where we need to be. Those things, you know, Paul was on a ship, but they had to lose the ship so he could get to that island. Why couldn't we just pull in and him dropped him off? It, don't, it just didn't work that way because they weren't planning on stopping on that island, but he needed to stop on that island. Somebody there needed Paul. So guess what? I'll tear your ship up. I'll let some things be gone from your life. I'll let some things that were carrying you be gone so I can get you to be who I need you to be and get you to where I need you to go. God's not cruel in that. God is sovereign. He's divine, and he's got a purpose for you. And, and it was a heartbreaking time of loss for Naomi and Ruth. But at the end, when she married Boaz and had that first child and, and Naomi began to rejoice and Ruth began to rejoice and just think if they could have seen all the way down through time. If they could have seen all the way to, to where Joseph would be marrying Mary, who was the mother of Jesus, all in the family. You may not realize where God's got you at in his kingdom, but you will never realize it if you walk away. Don't let loss scare you away from finding out what God's got for you. The same things that make some people leave is the same things that make some people cleave. It's just dependent on who or what you're devoted to. Do you want to see Jesus? Do you want to hear him say, well done? Do you want to work for him while you're here? Do you want to see God move in your life? Then, friends, stick with him. It's all God's plan. And if God has a purpose for you, listen, then by design, he won't let your troubles take you out. What? Let's go back to Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good. So it's... If God has, he said, for those that are called according to his purpose, if God has a purpose for you, he will not let trouble, trial, or tribulation take you out by design. If you cleave, you're going to make it through. The Bible says they that fear the Lord, he said, take hold of this or cleave to this. They that fear the Lord shall come forth of them all. Never said they that fear the Lord won't be tried, tested, or have bad days. He said, but if they stick with God, they'll come forth of them all. It's by his design because he knew in the world you'll have tribulation, but he said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He's not going to let troubles take you out, but you can still run. But by his design, it works for good. 
Why did I have to lose like that? Why did it have to happen? Paul and Silas probably wondered that while they were in jail. Busted nose, stripes on the back, lips split, kicked, punched, bruised ribs, cracked ribs. But they claved to God and they began to pray and sing praises and the doors flew open and the jailer and his household were saved. You have no idea why God's got you where you are. You don't stay focused on the loss. You stay focused on what you got. Naomi or Ruth could have focused on what she had lost. But instead, she looked at what she had. I still got Naomi. And she's got a people and they got a God. And I've heard enough talk around the table about this God. I think I'm going with her. I know what kind of gods we got back in Moab. Wood and stone, and they don't talk, they don't hear, they don't see, they don't do nothing. But I heard them talk about a God that parts the Red Sea. I heard them talking about a God that feeds people in the wilderness. Think I'll, think I'll go. Well, you know what? I've heard enough about the Lord in my time. I think I'll just stick with Him. It might get bad, it might get rough, but I think I'll stick with Jesus. I think I'll stick with the one that washed me in his blood. I think I'll stick with the one that called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I I think I'll just stick with Jesus. I've had some some loss. I've had some, some times where things didn't go my way. But I'm not going to run away from God because of it. I had to lose who I was to find who I was supposed to be. And you're going to have to lose who you are to find out who you're supposed to be. We've got to cleave to him. Naomi said, I went out full, but the Lord has brought me home again empty. That's all right. God loves an empty vessel. That's where he pours out miracles. There's a story about that. Gather empty vessels, not a few. As long as there was an empty vessel, God was poured into it. Don't be disappointed when you find yourself empty. God's about to pour into you. God's about to, and you know what? We, we used to sing that song, fill my cup, Lord. Here's my, I lift it up, Lord. You know, but if it's full of everything else, it can't put in what it needs to be. It's got to be emptied out. There's going to have to be some loss. I've got to lose what was in here so he can pour what he wants in there. Naomi had no idea as she headed back to Bethlehem what was going to happen. But she had to be empty for it to take place. Because they got there, it was the time of harvest. It wasn't just barley harvest, it was the time for her and Ruth to harvest the promises and the blessings that God had for them. Psalm 126, 5 and 6 says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. People that have suffered loss, have tears. It's natural. It's, it should be. People cry. People grieve. We have loss. And they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, or with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Naomi and Ruth had no idea that God was about to turn their mourning into dancing, that he was about to give them the oil of joy the garment of praise. He was, he was about to turn some things around. He was, he was about to let them uh, come again rejoicing, bringing their sheaves with them. 
because they had suffered loss, they found out exactly what God wanted them to be and what they wanted them to do. You know, Boaz, you know who his mom was? Anybody want to take a wag at that? Rahab. Anybody know who Rahab was? Oh, Rahab, boy. Now, if the Lord says Rahab the harlot when we get to heaven, that'll be something. Oh. So this man, Boaz, the pillar, the man that's going to marry Ruth and, and they're going to have Obed and then they're going to have Jesse, going to have David. His mom was Rahab the harlot. All in, all in line. Don't ever think that God can't do something with you because of, of your, you know, she, she, she lost, she suffered loss in her lifetime. Loss of dignity in that city. Yeah. I'm sure her family didn't think real highly of what she did for a living. Lost a lot of respect, a lot of things, but historically speaking, Salmon, I believe was her husband, was one of the two spies that came and searched out the city. You must have seen something he liked. <laughs> Hello, Rahab. Oh, I'll go get her. When they went into Jericho, it was, I'll go, I'll go pick her up. <laughs> well, see, everybody's so sure and counting you out already. And look what God did with Rahab. Rahab birthed Boaz, and because of Boaz, he married Ruth. They had Obed, Obed, Jesse, David, Solomon. Solomon, and Solomon, who was born to a woman who had been the husband of somebody else. It was just on and on and on. God taking people from places. David suffered loss to get Solomon. The child that was birthed prior to that died. He suffered loss. But when Solomon was born, it said, and God loved Solomon. Don't let somebody count you out, cross you off, kick you out, separate you, shun you because you've done this, that, or the other or because you haven't done this yet. God has got you right in line. Uh, You know, somebody posted the other day, well, I hate these genealogies in Scripture. And why do I have to study genealogies? And why do I have to know about the genealogies? You know why? So you'll know what God can do with people. Because there's nothing more amazing to me than to look back in the very lineage of our Savior and find Rahab the harlot. Wow. Ruth, a Moabitess. Hmm? David, hmm, king, God loved him. Made some mistakes. There he is. Well, and then we think that God can't do nothing with our little old. You, you, you just might be the peace. You might be like, you might be the Ruth. You might be the David. I ain't calling nobody Rahab. <laughs> but you, you might just be that piece of the puzzle that God's looking for. 
But you better cleave if you want to find out who you're supposed to be. You better cleave to who you're supposed to be. You better cleave to God, cleave to that word. Because, friend, this world's about to get shook up. And we better be hanging on tight to the things that matter. God's going to do some great things. Come on, darling, to the music. Stand with me. I want to, I'm going to read this because I've mentioned it. So now every time you decide to skip chapter 1 of Matthew, you'll think better about it. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, And Solomon begot Boaz of Rahab, which is Rahab. And Boaz begot Obed of Ruth, and Obed begot Jesse. Jesse begot David the king, and David begot Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah. So Ruth goes from a widow, which equals loss, to a bride and mother found. She found her purpose. She found who she was supposed to be. She wasn't just a bride and mother to anybody. but She became the great-grandmother of David, the king. And then when you get all the way down to verse 16, you'll see that Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. But Ruth chose to cleave and not leave. Remember, a loss of things does not mean a loss of purpose. Or the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. That's why he didn't wipe David out when David did what he did. It was a mistake. He suffered loss because of it, but he kept being king. That's why he didn't kill Saul, when he was persecuting the church, he just gave him revelation and showed him. And so Paul said, I suffered the loss of all things so I could be found in him. God's talking to you today. Sometimes it's not natural stuff. It's inside stuff you need to lose. It's that emotional stuff. It's that I can't let go. I can't forgive myself. I can't forgive others but you need to suffer the loss of some bitterness and some anger some unforgiveness you need to suffer the loss of some things that are hurting you and hindering you and holding you back you need to suffer the loss of some shame we always have regret but you can't live in regret you need to lose it the Lord doesn't want you to go around regretting the rest of your life if you made a mistake ask his forgiveness and then believe that he forgave you and serve the Lord that's what he wants praise God oh yeah I know you think the Lord can't do anything with you but he can well, there's people in here today feeling that. No, well, because of this, because of that, because of my past, because of who I was. Man, listen, that ain't nothing that Jesus can't handle. And there's some great things you could do today if you just cleave to the Lord. 
While she's playing this morning, I want to invite you to come and find a place and pray in this altar today. And maybe lay some things down. But when you get up, leave them here. Go ahead, suffer the loss of these things. Suffer the loss of them so you can be who God wants you to be. Let go of it today, pride and envy, jealousies, hatred, bitterness, confusion and doubt, depression, strife, anxiety, whatever it is, just lose it here today. Lose that life so you can find Him. Thank you, Jesus.
Listen, church, is, is there, we're getting ready to baptize one today. I want us to keep our minds on the Lord for another moment. And I wish that everybody that's still here today, lingering in the presence of the Lord, I wish that you could make that your prayer for the next couple of moments right now. Just really earnestly with everything in you, could we all, not just the lyrics of the song, but worship from our heart. Let it sing that to the Lord, that I surrender everything. Lord, everything that I, Lord, even my doubts about myself. Lord, forgive me for doubting. Forgive me for for doubting what you can do through me and in me. Lord, everything, every negative thought about myself, every limitation that I think is on the situation, just lay it all out before God right now and tell Him, Lord, I, I know I don't need anything but to surrender to your will. And to surrender to your purpose. Could we do that right now for the next couple of moments? As we're getting ready to baptize today, just let that beautiful surrender to the Lord just usher from your heart today. Really lift your voice and surrender everything to the Lord. Lay it on the altar right now. God, you can do anything you want to do. Anything that you want to do. that together.
have to re-preach anything that pastor preached today, but I want to reiterate that God is not limited by what you think your limitations are. And I want us to all accept together today as individuals and as a church that God can take loss and any circumstance, any situation and use it for our good and for His glory. Amen. Could you clap your hands to the Lord if you believe that today? I believe it. For my good and for His glory. Amen. Hey, all the you that came to see the baptism, come on up here if you'd like on the platform where you can, if you'd like to. You don't have to, but if you'd like to come closer. Uh, is, where's his brother at? Yeah, there he comes, yeah. Come on up where you can see good. That's fine. We we usually invite the family and friends to come up. Come on up on the platform. You're, you're fine or wherever you're comfortable. And you can get right here. Rest of you all on the stand while we get ready to baptize this young man today. Um, actually, baptized this young man years ago. He's a lot smaller then, but um, at that back at the old building. But um, I sure have been honored, and it's been a pleasure to watch what God's doing in this family. Uh, God's really doing a work in this family, and uh, I tell you, raising up some some great things and. Uh, so I know that uh, his family is excited about this today. and <laughs> Yeah, appreciate his friends and all coming. Appreciate you guys coming to be with him today. Come on, brother. Let's, let's, let's not keep these people waiting. I know that God has got a work for this young man to do. I believe that. I believe that he's going to have a, a, a path of influence that only God knows right now, but we're going to see unfold in his life. And So I'm excited for him today. Let's all pray for him before we baptize him. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this young man, for his faith and obedience to your gospel. Lord, today I pray that you'll just stir that anointing, that spirit that's in him, Lord. Use it for your glory. Lord, take care of him, protect him, God, and lead him in paths of righteousness. Lord, I help him, God, and help his heart and let his faith never waver. Lord, use him as a mouthpiece for your glory. God, we're going to praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. heavier at that time too <laughs> oh thank God thank God well I'm thankful to see people believing and obeying the gospel Amen. Jesus said he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved I'm thankful for folks that will follow that and, and Peter preached it in Acts chapter 2 that we would repent and be baptized every one of us in the name of Jesus Christ so thankful for what he's doing 
God filling people with the Holy Ghost. We appreciate it so much. Appreciate all of these visitors today. Thank you for being here. All of our visitors out there, wherever you might be, thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. And don't forget prayer meeting tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And then uh, also along with that, there'll be our planning session with some of our uh, department heads. So that'll be going on here as well. Wednesday night Bible study, going to be a great time. We're going to talk about some great things Wednesday night, so be here. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.